0: Can you hear me on this recording? Anyway, um, I just thought that um, after a long day of, you know, uh, punching cattle the branding and the uh roping and tying um roping and the tying um that i would jump on here and do a a zero, uh because you know got some stuff backed up uh movies tv comic books stuff like that adventure and um I thought, you know, we have some things in the works that uh, are going to be coming up. Something very special. Something so secretive that it'll probably not happen. But anyway, okay, here's what's going to happen. Um, I got some movies to talk about, as they say in French. <laughs> and um, I'm going to get on here and give you guys a little a little treat. And that is that um, a little, what, what they call it? They call it a teaser. I think they call it a teaser. And what I'm going to um, tease you with is there is something very special coming up. And that something very special could change the silver and gold legend for eternity. It could also, it definitely, well, I wouldn't say definitely because we'll have to see. I was going to say it um, definitely will add to our legend. It will possibly um, end up getting us in a lot of trouble. Uh, Prison time, maybe. Maybe in a penal colony in French Guiana. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm up for it. Because, you know, unless you take a chance, unless you go out there and you put it all in the line, then you never know what, what, you know, you don't know. And I feel like we should, um, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, if they can do what they do, then we should be able to do what we do. And um, I don't want to say anymore because it's too exciting, and it's so exciting that people will will they may flee, they may I mean they might like kill themselves because they'll get they'll, they have they're going to have to wait, and then they'll get um, frustrated, and you know how it's, stuff can happen, and I don't want to take responsibility for that, but we do have something coming up on Silver and Gold, and I think y'all are going to like it that was a country that was a country uh I threw the little that, that in there for flavor Um uh, but anyway i see this thing is working i'm making sure that i i uh can look at uh my little things going up and down to make sure everything's recording after the last fiasco um i know we put on the on the um the little bonus thing uh last time i thought it was longer than than what it ended up being it was only like 20, 15, Twenty minutes or something of me babbling from the uh lost recording. Um but let's get down to it. Uh I just ate some food. I got some um pecans that are cappuccino flavored. They put like that um like a like almost like a some kind of dust on them that's uh, probably a cross between some sugar and And some coffee, and somehow they get it to to kind of stick. It's not like um, it's not like um, a toffee or anything like that kind of crunch It's just like a powder. But at first I wasn't. I when I first started eating them, I was kind of like meh, like this meh. You know, if I had a gif, I would click on it right now and it would go meh. Um, but then they're not too bad. They're just sweet, and you have to you have to watch. You have to watch your consumption levels. Um, but I just had some, um uh, turkey and I got this new hot mustard. I'm not sure I'm sold on it cause I'm really, um, uh, this Southwest hot mustard that I use. I like it the most. It's the best. It's the girlfriend that you like the best. But then when you're out and you see like, um, um, another hot and spicy lady, and you think, well, I'd like to at least give it a try, and then it's it's kind of it's different, and you're not really sure if it's better, but you're not really sure if it's horrible, so you just I don't know. I'm going to say you just anyway. <laughs> that was self censorship. I was listening to some old shows. Um, well, specifically one old show uh, a couple days ago while I was walking. And I heard, I mean, like, you know, I was saying some things on there about uh, somebody. And then, I mean, apparently at that time I was not in the frame of mind of liking this person very much. I'm still not sure I I do right now. And the the, uh, comment was on uh, a subject uh, of something that they had done and posted online that really just really was distasteful and pissed. You know, kind of just, I shouldn't say it pissed pissed me off, but it was kind of like, Jesus Christ, you know. But I won't go back into that, because then I started thinking, you know, about the people that listen to the podcast, and I might cut loose with some verbiage, Uh, Not as much the swearing or the, you know, like sticking your dick in hot mustard and the other hot mustard is better for your urethra. Nothing like that. It was more, you know, uh, saying something about a person and then thinking, oh, shit, you know, that person could actually listen to this, which I guess I don't care. But, you know, you say something and then like uh, fucking five years later, you know. So anyway, (coughs) Um, I watched a movie the other day, and uh, I had with me? Um, it was on Netflix. It's one of those uh, ones that you can download yourself uh, to your iPad, and it's called uh, The Outsider from 2018. Very new movie. Um, this is directed by Martin Zandvliet. And written by... Uh, well, it says the original idea was from John Linson. But uh, the screenplay by Andrew Baldwin. Andrew Baldwin. I wonder if that's one of those Baldwins that talks like this, you know, all the time. Except, for, well, that dumb one. I don't like that dumb Baldwin. Oh, there's a couple of dumb Baldwins. Uh, you don't, you know what? You don't really see too much of that Billy Baldwin anymore. You see Alec all over the place. He's on the talk shows. He'll have a show here and there. And he's pretty funny. But that uh, that Billy Baldwin and then that dumb one uh, yeah, I don't like him. But anyway, I don't even know if that Baldwin has anything to do with those Baldwins, but I bet you he does. There's probably something going on there with a baldwin. Uh this star is Jared Leto uh and uh Tadanabu Asano and Kipe Shina. But um, this is a Yakuza movie, and I just happened to cross the trailer on YouTube. Didn't really know anything about it, and I didn't even know it was going to be on Netflix. I'm always down with a, with a good Yakuza movie. Um, and um, I know some people... It's one of those ones that I think before they even saw it, uh, I know like some people commented like, um, when Tom Cruise was in The Last Samurai and they always have kind of like the white savior, the Caucasian gaijin, or, you know, not just gaijin in Japanese movies, but, um, they, uh, the, they, when they take a, um, a Caucasian guy and he's the, like William Shatner in the white Comanche or something, you know, that's pretty vague, but I mean, you know, because, uh, that was a pretty shitty movie, but anyway, um, this one uh jared leto i have seen him in some things that i think he's really good in he looked really weird in this um very super skinny um like black it looked like he had black eyeshadow around or mascara on and just a lot of staring and uh very skinny but it, as far as you know without. This is one of those movies that here lately, you know, I'll watch a movie and just for pure entertainment value, of course, because that's why, wait a minute, I got to crack my, oh, it cracked, um, like my rib. Um, I'll go to a theater or I'll sit down and watch something and for whatever reason, whether it's just dumb good, or it's uh, excellent acting, or the story's really good, or in my opinion, I just had a good time watching it. I'll watch something, and I'll be like, oh, I thought that was pretty good, you know. And and um, um, then I'll get online after the fact, and just everybody is just shitting on, um, not just this specific movie, but other movies. Just shitting on them, you know, left and right, Um Or, in the opposite case, I'll go watch something and I'll think, man, that wasn't worth the shit, and everybody's just gushing over it like it's the greatest goddamn movie on the planet Earth. Now, I know it's subjective and everything, but it just it's one of those things where it's kind of like um, I just was thinking to myself, and I talked to Loaf, I was just like, you know, it almost makes me just want to just go and watch fucking movies and TV shows and not be online and not talk about them, not discuss them, or, you know, or, or just like uh, when, when uh, a movie star says, you know, I don't read the critics anymore, um, because if you read the critics, it'll drive you crazy. And that's sort of how I was feeling this past couple of weeks. And it's nothing against anybody, because every like I said, it's all subjective. Everybody has their opinion and everything. But it just seems like everywhere you turn, um, on the different groups, you know, people are just picking, you know, they'll watch a movie and just fucking pick it apart, and that's their prerogative, and that there might those may be things that they saw that they didn't like. But, you know, it, it just kind of like I would go, I would watch something and I'd be like, oh, I thought that was pretty fucking good. I was entertained. I didn't get bored. I didn't look at my watch. Had some, uh, you know, pretty fucking graphic violence The I'm talking about, of course, now I'm just, I'm talking about the outsider. But, you know, Jared Leto was, he was kind of doing his best um, Ryan Gosling in this, where he doesn't really have much, uh, Uh, facial expressions or anything just that that fucking blank stare but it didn't bother me that much except that he's just weird looking but then you know i think that was that wasn't that bad i thought it was pretty good and everything and then you know i just go and i read you know oh it was this it was that blah, blah, blah 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 and then the one thing that 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 gets me and i'm sure i probably do this too uh sometimes is when somebody will be sitting there and they'll just be trashing something and saying, well, it's this, it's that, and everything. And then they come out and say that they haven't seen it yet. And you're like, well, I thought it was pretty fucking good, you know. And they're like, well, okay, maybe I'll give it a chance and go watch it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Give it a chance and go watch it. You, I thought you were sitting here saying that this sucked. Uh, so, But anyway, but like I said, I was just literally, it was just getting to me. And I was kind of like, ah, fuck, man. It's, it's just like everywhere you turn. Uh, but that's the whole that's and it never has bothered me that much before I don't know I'm probably just in a fucking bad mood, but that's the whole concept of our of a lot of our groups and stuff is is to discuss and critique It's almost like the um on a larger scale because of the internet, if you watch the movie Cobb with uh Tommy Lee Jones as a baseball player Ty Cobb, and pretty much the 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 gist of the story is all these sports writers uh sitting around and talking about in in a cafeteria or cafeteria or you know a a cafe or something like that and every time they're together they just debate endlessly who was the best second baseman who was the best home run hitter who was the greatest of all time who was you know the best the best movie monster everything and that's just their their thing and so that's kind of how like we all are, and I fall right into that because I know I fucking w- have watched stuff and said, oh, my God, this was fucking horrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure that my critique um, probably at times get on other people's nerves too. But like I said, that the thing that was bothering me was like, okay, maybe I would actually enjoy some of these movies if I watch them and I enjoy them. And whether I'm on whether I'm on the internet or on the groups or anything, if I watch him and I enjoy him, then that should be all that matters. And that's like when Loaf was saying that he doesn't like watching trailers because he wants to go in completely fresh and then he can have his opinion. But to do that, it's not even just watching the trailers. But unless you, if you don't see the movie right when it comes out. And everybody starts uh, putting up threads and stuff about, uh, you know, this movie sucked, or I thought this movie was the goddamn greatest fucking movie of all fucking time, blah, blah, blah. You If you read those first, I know there's times where I'll go watch a movie, and I've been reading on Gentleman's Guide or on our group or whatever, um, you know, somebody saying, oh, my God, this movie was so fucking good, so fucking good. so fucking- It is great. And then when I go see it, it's such a buildup that when I go see it, I'm kind of like, well, fuck, okay, it was good, but, you know, I'm not, like, jacking off in my own fucking mouth, and, you know, oh, so, dropping fucking loads! But, in, in the opposite, you know, I'll hear about how, you know, just over and over, this was so fucking horrible, it's the worst thing, and then I'll go see it, and I'm like, well, shit, I thought that was pretty good, you know, and maybe... The reason that I didn't think the movie was as good is because I've read all these reviews of people that loved it, or in the other case, why I thought it wasn't that bad was because I read so much, so many people shitting on a movie that when I went to see it, I was like, well, fuck, it wasn't that goddamn bad, you know. I, the I don't want to, you know, kill myself or anything after watching it, but that's just something that that came up, and like I said, not just with the outsider. Some 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 people were saying you know uh well i didn't think it was very good and da, da, da. Uh, and that's cool um uh, but like i said there were some people that that um uh, were shitting on it that hadn't even watched it yet because they were like you know uh well um they had a preconceived notion and i'm not saying that that preconceived notion didn't pan out i'm just saying that the fucking movie it did entertain me as far as being a Yakuza movie, I thought it was, you know, again, it's like, you know, gangster shit, lots of violence, lots of uh, people cutting their fucking fingers off and cutting people's throats and shooting people backstabbing and, uh, you know, uh, just all kinds of shit. So I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was the greatest goddamn movie ever, but I thought it was pretty good. The Outsider. Jared Leto's a weirdo. Uh, next thing I watched, I had not seen this in a long, long time, was uh, the Mike Nichols movie Carnal Knowledge from 1971. This stars Jack Nicholson, um, Candace Bergen, and Margaret, Art Garfunkel from Simon and Garfunkel, Rita Moreno, and Carol Kane. There's uh, um, This one is one that I wanted to watch because it does remind me a lot of... Um, college days when you're very young and very naive and you don't know a whole lot about uh, life or about the opposite sex and and how you talk to your buddies and um and then not only that but then just growing up and it goes through um Many stages of the two uh, main characters' lives, which are Jack Nicholson and art Garfunkel, starts in when they're in college and then goes through uh till they're like uh, older and uh, uh and bitter and y you know well not all you know but um I like that when I first started watching it, it's one of those ones like Greece. When you're very young, you don't think about it, but I was like watching this and here's Nicholson and, uh, our Garfunkel in college and they do make them look, um, a lot younger. Um, but I'm kind of like looking at them. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, these guys have to be in their late twenties or early thirties or something. Uh, and I didn't even look it up. So I don't know exactly. Let's see. Uh, how old they were when this was made let me look up something here real quick Uh, dead air for you you love that dead air mother freaker okay this slob (laughs) Uh, let's see Okay, so Nicholson was like in his thirties uh, when this was made, but if you you, you kind of just go with it because the way they act, plus the way they have their hair combed and everything, and the clothes that they're wearing, uh, they they do you know you don't if you don't think too much about it, they can pull it off uh, with the color thing. Plus, one thing that you that you kind of keep in mind with this, and I'm just throwing this out there, is like maybe a little bit of an excuse, is that during uh the time when these guys say graduated high school you immediately um you got drafted and so it was quite possible that um someone might have gotten drafted and went into the armed services say in the uh you know 40s 50s or even 60s or whatever and then um um when they got out um Then they might not have even started college or started on like the GI Bill or whatever at, um, say, 24. And if they're a senior in college, they could be 28 years old. So, okay, I'm making up excuses. But I do like that, how they go through and their looks change and everything. And by the time it gets to the end, I'm like, holy shit, you know, this is probably more what they look like in real life at this time. And they look so much older than they did at the beginning. Um and uh, Anne Margaret is just freaking stunning, but it's it's funny watching the difference between um Jack Nicholson's character and Art Garfunkel's character. Art Garfunkel is more the the um sensitive kind of guy from the very beginning and um um Jack Nicholson's character is more of the Kind of like the cad, even at a young age he's he he um has this um idea about women and sex and just uh, you know like his ideal they said, you know what's your ideal woman and he he said it's really like he really doesn't care about anything except if they're really good looking and have big tits and and he even says like uh The one girl she didn't have uh, as great a tits but she had a nice ass and you know she would have been perfect if she had had a uh two inches less on the ass and two inches more on the tits and they even says you know he's like she had a great pair of tits and um and Candace Bergen and um and Margaret are really good in their roles. I think this is just a really good movie. And I like I said, I hadn't seen it in a while. I know Loaf, I think, watched it for the first time not that long ago. And this is younger Nicholson, like back in the uh Last Detail days and um I really like him. And I and I really liked uh or Garfunkel as an actor. Um I know of a couple of movies, um you know, like catch he was in Catch twenty two, but he really wasn't a um, uh a big part of that movie um and then of course this movie and then there was the one um where he played the uh doctor hmm try let me see if I can get down here to his filmography filmography okay catch twenty two was um nineteen seventy Colonel knowledge um what was the other one he was on Laverne and Shirley he played the Mighty Oak in the Beatnik Show. Oh, <laughs> he's in a couple of things here. Let's see, it says he was in uh fifty-four, which I saw, but I don't remember him in that. It says he plays himself in a cameo. Maybe that was something they were watching on TV or something, and he was just on there so they gave give him a credit. Uh he was on he was the voice of Chester on Frasier. I don't even know what that is. Boxing Helena. He was Dr. Lawrence Augustine uh what was the one that i saw was it oh i think it was this bad timing where he plays a doctor um who becomes obsessed with this uh with this woman uh that one's a pretty um that was one of those movies that was rated r and it 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 um had some fairly disturbing uh, at least i well one definite disturbing scene at the end and that's uh the kind of uh one of the big things at at the end of the movie that um shows how far his obsession has has gone it says here that uh let's see um uh, hmm. oh let's see okay garfunkel's girlfriend from 1974 laurie bird now wasn't she in a movie laurie bird was in okay she was in the one that was in two lane blacktop uh yeah two lane blacktop annie hall she was in cockfighter uh so she had a connection there with uh what's his face <laughs> uh did he did and what else okay but anyway so art garfunkel was dating lori bird and she committed suicide in 1979 in her apartment Um, and he had just uh, written an album i guess about her or some of the songs were for her or whatever and it says uh, garfunkel later admitted that the incident left him in a deep depression for most of the 80s hence the lack of musical output during the time Okay, so that's what I was kind of, like, wondering, you know, he, I remember when he was on Saturday Night Live, they had a, um, a, um, they had split up, and they were one of the, you know, the best, or one of the most successful duos in in, uh, pop music, uh, folk music, pop music, and they had that really great um, harmony uh and Paul Simon of course writing all these great songs and Art Garfunkel just he had like I always say he's one of these people that had like the voice of an angel um and then he you know of course after being together they knew each other forever uh, even before they were famous and they came up you know together and were together for so long and then they split up and he started making movies he started the acting thing and they had I think it it must have been in the 80s um they did a comeback on Saturday Night Live, um, and they had not been together forever. had done anything together for a long, long time, and it was like this thing where I think Paul Simon actually hosted SNL, and then uh, when they had the musical thing... Art Garfunkel was, of course, it's planned, but it was like he just showed up. And what was funny was uh, they had like a little skit before, and uh, Paul Simon's like, "So, Artie, how you doing?" He goes, "Oh, okay." guys, he goes, uh, uh, "How's that? How's that acting career?" (laughs) Because he hadn't done shit after like uh, I think Catch Twenty Two or whatever. Um, And so they made like a little joke about that, and then they went on. And of course, it was like they hadn't missed a beat and um you know performed and then i remember they did the um the uh a a, uh, oh a reunion concert in central park in new york i think it was a free concert and it was just awesome it they they showed the whole thing on uh, hbo and the place it was just fucking jam central park was just jam-packed even like the uh the uh was it the rambles (laughs) everybody started stops everybody stopped sucking cock and fucking going and what and they went and watched uh, Simon and Garfunkel so anyway Colonel Knowledge is is a, a classic movie to me I really love it and even this time I hadn't seen it in a long time but it just it really it's one of those ones for me uh that just takes me back and um like I said to the to your college days where, you know, you're walking with your girlfriend and it's the fall and the leaves are, are all over the place and falling and you got your books and you're walking up to school and everything. Um, so anyway, I really like this one. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend Colonel Knowledge. Uh, I mean, I can't remember if I've talked about that one or not before. Like I said, I just remember out of the blue not that long ago that Loaf had watched it and we didn't get a chance to talk about it, so... Uh, been watching again. Uh, Dark Matter, um, which is a from 2015 to 2017 series as a sci-fi series. Uh, this um, stars Melissa O'Neill, Anthony Lemke, Alex Malaria Jr., and um. I just I had never even heard of this, and somebody I think I, it was a Black Mirror or Dark Mirror or something people were talking about. And so they said how good it was, and I downloaded this instead, thinking it was what they were talking about, and it wasn't. But I still really liked it. Um, let's see, what's this? The girl that isn't. There's a really young uh, girl. What the 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 concept of it is? Um, this space, this ship is out in space, and it is kind of fl- just you know floating around, and these people are in suspended animation. Well, one guy wakes up and there's all these pods with all these people in it and he is kind of like what the fuck is going on and then the other people start waking up and everybody has amnesia. They have no idea why they're on this ship they have no idea who they are so they call each other from who woke up first Uh, their names go like uh, one through six like you're one this person's two three whatever and um it's just at first i thought okay this probably isn't going to be that very it isn't going to be very good but i started watching it and i really like it and it's just it's a it's a fun series but it's also um trying to figure out what's going on um you you get these you'll i'll be watching and i'll be like okay you know this is just kind of like a you know a sci-fi series it's it's you know a little bit above average, but then something will happen at the end of an episode or or uh, after a couple episodes something will happen. you're like holy fuck, I never thought of that or you know I didn't know that that's what, where they were going with this. So I really like it. it got canceled um, but again, this is one that I kind of enjoy so uh, you know if if you like sci-fi, it's not the greatest fucking thing in the world, but it's pretty good. I wish I would have seen it but now with I was going to say I wish I had I've seen it or knew about it before but you know shit with these days with everything you know available it's on Netflix instant watch so you can watch it if you want to check it out you can see just about anything you don't miss anything mm mm watched uh, 1984s purple rain uh, written and directed by Albert Magnoli. And it was uh, written by uh, Albert Magnoli and William Blinn. Stars Prince, uh, Apollonia Cortaro, and Morris Day. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Um, I felt the same way watching it this time as I did when I first saw it. And that is that... Okay, this is I think it was supposed to pretty much be like um sort of almost like a biopic of Prince. I don't know how much of that is true, but that's what I had heard. And when you watch it, he's very super talented as far as singing and playing the guitar and everything. But his character who is I don't know if I would should say he's supposed to be the he- a hero. He is definitely the protagonist. And he's a fucking prick. He's a total dick. He treats everybody like shit. Even the girl he likes. He's such an asshole to her. I I can't believe Apollonia would just be like, you know, you just want her to just say, you know what, dude? Go fuck yourself, you little dick. (laughs) And then he treats the the two ladies that are in his band. uh, Treats them like shit. They're, They're trying to break out on their own and write their own songs and they're even telling him you know hey uh we wrote these songs you know can we perform them or even maybe having him perform or whatever but he's a total dick he's just like you know just stick to just stick with what i'm doing you know you fucking bitches <laughs> who do you think you are you just need to stick by me i'm the show you're not the fucking show <laughs> but he's just a little peckerhead, and he acts like a fucking asshole and um honest to god morris day um is sort of the antagonist um but i almost was rooting for him because at least his music was really good and at least he was funny but prince was a fucking just a dickhead and i don't give a shit if they show his dad and his dad's an ass and smacks him across the face or whatever he's he's a fucking dick let's see what's to say here uh Somebody wrote a uh, a synopsis here, and I want to. It appears that it might be kind of funny, so I will read it. This was written by Lance Ellers, and it seems to to encompass. I just I didn't see this before the show started, and I was just glanced up and saw some of the words, in it, and I thought, you know what, this might sort of sums up the way I feel. Purple Rain is a dark musical comedy about an ambitious girl from New Orleans, New New Orleans. Uh, with big dreams and big cleavage, who who risk it all to make it as a singer in the world uh, in the world's greatest music capital, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that's another thing I thought. I was like, wait a minute, okay. But of course, that's where I think Prince is from, Minnesota. Um, her dreams are quickly <laughs> the world's greatest music capital, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, her dreams are quickly exploited and smothered by two competing, self obsessed sociopathic chauvinistic weirdos. She submits to the will of one of the weirdos an abusive mustachioed dwarf in women's apparel (laughs) who wants the streets of Minneapolis upon a purple motorcycle, even during cold weather. And that's another thing, you know, Minnesota's pretty fucking cold. (laughs) I mean, when you have to have a heater hooked up to your engine of your car overnight so the oil doesn't freeze it's fucking cold that's like stalingrad cold but he's riding around on this like goddamn honda goldwing this purple honda goldwing in the fucking winter okay the culmination of her humiliation occurs during the film's climax her dreams uh finally in ruins due to the result of um the musical competition at a popular nightclub the purple dwarf celebrates by performing a vulgar act of self-pleasure on stage with the guitar which she purchased for him um with hawked uh, jewelry. And that's pretty much how it is. He is just an asshole. He's a total jerk. And then, of course, you know, when you look at her character, it's like, Jesus Christ, girl, don't you have any fucking self-respect? Here's this guy's treating you like fucking total shit. Makes you jump in the goddamn waters of like <laughs> Minnetonka in the fucking wintertime. And again, you know, but uh, I won't say anything about that. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> but... The, mu- the movie has great music I remember listening to the soundtrack and those were some really good songs and everything um, but again and I remember going to see this I think with my sister and we all th- we were the same thing we were like you know he's a fucking dickhead you know why, why would anybody care you'd, you'd want to see him get punched in the face um, anyway but he's a good basketball player uh, let's see. I watched The Indestructible Man from 1956. This is on YouTube for free. Uh, directed by Jack pollock Sven. Uh, writers are Vi Russell and Sue Dwiggins uh, as Sue Bradford. These sound like make-up, made-up names. Erp. This stars Lon Chaney Jr., Max Showalter, and Marianne Carr. Charles the Butcher Benton a brutal death row inmate gets double crossed by his crooked lawyer Uh, he gets his chance for revenge when after he is executed a bizarre experiment brings him back to life and and more deadly than ever Um, I always think it's funny because you know like Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr. were known for you know uh, these monster movies where they would uh, put on makeup and everything but Lon Chaney Jr. was like you know not the best looking guy in the world so he did actually play uh, some in some movies where he was kind of a villainous monsterish guy but he was kind of ugly and so they didn't even make him put makeup on he was just an ugly uh, brutish looking fellow um, but this one it's it kind of has a Frankenstein uh, kind of a feel at the beginning of course because there's like a crazy kind of doctor that's doing these experiments and he's just looking for dead bodies like newly fresh dead bodies to run 280,000 it says on the poster 300,000 volts but in the goddamn movie the guy says specifically two hundred. Well, turn it up to uh two hundred and eighty thousand volts, boss? And he's like yes, two hundred and eighty thousand volts. So I don't know why it's two hundred and eighty instead of just rounding it off three hundred. Maybe three hundred would would uh would have fried him and two hundred eighty was what it says. But then they put on the poster, three hundred. So it's kind of uh that's kind of bullshit. Anyway, this is uh pretty much a fucking B movie. Um this guy's going around and uh he is like kind of like the living dead. He just looks like a dude, like when he's walking down the street, he's ugly and he's he looks like a big mean guy. But um, he could walk down the street. Nobody would know that he's, you know, the brute. I mean, of course, if they knew who the brute was, this killer that got um, executed, they'd know who he was. But, I mean, a total stranger would just think, ah, some dude walking down the street. So he doesn't look like Frankenstein or anything like that. And, of course, then he's killing people. And the uh, his ex-girlfriend is, a sh- well, I guess the stripper. And uh, he comes to see her, and she's like, oh, my, what the fuck, you know? What the fuck's going on? What, 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 oh, Charles, what are you doing here? The butcher. And, uh, <laughs> but, again, it's on YouTube, and, again, it is a B film. Uh, but um, there's a lot of those on YouTube for free, and there's, some of them are pretty fucking entertaining. I like them. Me and, and and a lot of them are only about like an hour and ten minutes long, so they're not. It's not like a real schlog or schlong. The butcher. Oh, you know, I think of a uh, fucking uh, what's his name, Brutus Barber Beefcake. That was one of his nom de gurs. Um Next thing I watched was 1946's a film noir, Whistle Stop, and um, this one stars uh, George Raft very beautiful young Ava Gardner and a very big and mean and ugly and Irish Victor McLaughlin. Um, It was directed by Leonid Mogai. The writers were Marita M. Wolf and Philip Jordan. Now this one is not really a B-movie. It, it it's it was in there with the b movies but it's a black and whitey from nineteen forty six I'm not sure I would have to go back and look this may be my first george raft movie who was you know a pretty big star at this time one of the biggest uh he would kind of have been like a for gangster movies and tough guy movies uh most mostly gangster movies um um kind of like a like a de Niro Not as far as acting ability, but at at that level, I would think Uh, he's fucking you know really famous, uh, really famous actor from that time period, and uh, he was also like uh, in real life good friends with uh, Bugsy Siegel, Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, Um, and they used to even hang out after Raft was the man in Hollywood like one of the top stars. Uh, when Siegel moved out there, and um, uh, they would go out together and everything, and George Raft said, you know, he, they, I think they were friends from maybe when they were younger, like when they were kids, and he didn't really have anything to do with any of the. It would be like um, Frank Sinatra, how Frank Sinatra was, you know, friends with the Gambino, you know, uh, crime family and these mobsters, but he really wasn't like involved with them but he was as a friend or whatever like that but he wasn't like a criminal so anyway this one's pretty good like i said ava gardner is just you know really good looking um it's kind of a a deal where raft is a smaller time hood criminal kind of a guy and ava gardner was his broad or his woman and now she's with this rich motherfucker And he's a criminal, too. He's like the head of a fucking... uh, I think it's this Tom Conway. Um, He is like a head of these casinos and stuff. And he's got a lot of money. And then Raft shows back up. And she's kind of torn. But she's with the rich guy. And the rich guy kind of fucks with him a little bit. And, you know, there's several times where they're drinking and they're out. And uh, they have some fisticuffs. And Victor McLaughlin is almost kind of... He's like the... um, the rich guy's driver but he is like a father figure to uh george raft i thought this one was pretty good for a noir anyway check that one out youtube for free um i just happened to find this one when i was on youtube watching these movies there's a movie called once a thief from 1965 and it was directed by ralph nelson uh written by ezekiel marco and it stars elaine delon uh, Anne Margaret, Van Heflin, and Jack Palance. Who else is in this one? Because I haven't watched it. Jeff Corey, I've seen him in several different things. Tony Masante, I've seen him. He was in that uh, movie, I think, uh, not to get away. Oh, shit, the one with George C. Scott. And he played Toma on TV. And he was in a movie with Martin Sheen, The Incident, where they were two assholes on a subway train that just menaced the fucking people on the train they're real dickheads uh but anyway i have not watched this but i i bought it um it was one that because i like elaine Delong and i had just watched colonel knowledge with Anne margaret and then of course van heflin i like loved him and uh um shane and jack and jack palance i thought what a cast how the fuck did i've never heard of this and this is one of those warner archive movies so it wasn't um it wasn't super expensive but it wasn't like super cheap either with the shipping and stuff so but anyway i was like i gotta see it i want to see it i don't give a fuck you know hell i got some i got some dough so i bought it and i haven't watched it yet so next show i will probably have watched once a thief but i can't wait to see it uh the watchman imdb gives it a 6.7 um so we will see uh see what they got here get the goo the, good the good. Good good good. Um This guy on IMDB says Uh casual viewers should be able to see that this film partic- practically screams Cohen brothers. Hmm. Well goddamn the creepy blonde character in Fargo is a dead ringer for the creepy blonde bad guy in once a thief. Well hell now, I really I I really need to watch this. It screams of the Cohen Brothers, so I will watch it, and Anne Margaret, uh, and I'm telling you what about carnal knowledge. If you've ever wanted to see Anne Margaret naked, give it a shot. And you almost get to see Jack uh, Nicholson's uh, Schwanz. Um, let's see, and I think our Garfunkel almost shows his pecker too. <laughs> I watched uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Missouri uh, from 2017. I ha- I saw a good, well, I shouldn't say a good portion. But I would say I saw quite a bit of the Oscars, uh 2017 Oscars. Uh and then I the this movie and a couple of other ones I have been wanting to see uh just did come out on iTunes, and this is one that I picked up to watch. Um it is written by Martin McDonough and uh, directed by Martin McDonough, stars Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell uh, who else is in this one there were some other people Me. Uh, Woody Harrelson is very good in it Abby Cornish but I watched this and I thought it was really good and you know I don't know I don't think I went into it with like some kind of boner because it was up for some Oscars and Frances McDormand won uh, best actress I believe for this I think she did because she got up and gave a speech so if she didn't that was pretty fucking rude of her Uh, Let me check and make sure that I'm still recording. I am still recording. I just had a paranoid thought, so that's why I checked. Um, I thought this one was pretty good. Um, There were some things in it that really, um, a few moments in this when you think about the situation that this all revolves around, uh, can make you really angry, can make you really, really fucking sad, thinking about, you know, putting yourself in the place of this mother and what happened to her daughter and everything. Uh, Rockwell and Woody Harrelson I thought were excellent. I really thought Woody Harrelson was really good because his character was not as much just a straight up uh, shithead villain. Uh, Rockwell uh, is a fucking redneck. (laughs) And he is a redneck in every fucking sense of the word. Uh, This movie is has it's a dark i've heard people say it's a dark comedy i would have never thought to call it a dark comedy but there are things in it that i did laugh at but there were also things in it where i was like oh my god this is awful some of the some of the uh violence and uh redneckery um but i thought francis mcdormand definitely uh, deserved to get the Oscar, but that's just, you know, I, and, and my gosh, so, uh, the other women that were up for it, all, all, it's just like any other Oscars, they all de- fucking deserve to get it, you know, as I was like, George C. Scott, you know, he's like, it's not a fucking competition. It's not a race. It's not a competition. So, but, you know, I'm glad that she got it. She, de- she definitely deserved it. It's not like, um, that, you know, she was one where some people will, win an Oscar and people be like, Man, how the hell did this motherfucker win when these other people and the he wasn't that good or the movie wasn't that good. But I thought that was this one was pretty good. Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Boop on to the next <laughs> Next thing I watched was nineteen ninety that was a sound effect. Next thing I watched was a nineteen ninety seven movie called La Confidential or LA Confidential. Um as corruption grows in the 1950s, Los Angeles, three policemen—one straight-laced, one brutal, and the uh, one sleazy—investigate a series of murders with their own brand of justice. Um, the justice that is uh, meted out in this movie. I thought this movie was good, and I have not seen it in a long time. I remember when it first came out, I watched it like a bunches and bunches. Saw it at the theater, and then when it first came out on, I think, VHS, I watched it quite a bit. Uh, this was directed by Curtis Hansen. Uh, I don't know if he's related to Stan or Swede Hansen, or the Hansons. Uh, I'm not going to sing Um, pop. um Written by James Elroy. I think he might have... Uh, he is an author and <laughs> I have heard of him before. He writes good stuff. Uh it starts Kevin Spacey. Boo Boo What a ju- what a dickhead. Me uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe, uh who was still in pretty good shape at this time. He has gotten burlier than me. Uh Guy Pierce. I like Guy Pierce. And lots of things. Uh Russell Crowe was in Romper Stomper. I don't know why I just brought that up. I was thinking about uh, Guy Pierce, uh, who was uh, Peter Veyland. Um Anyway, also has uh, this has like a fucking all star goddamn fucking cast in this mother freaker uh, Kim Basinger. I don't still don't know if it's Basinger or Bassinger. I think it's Basinger uh, when she was about the one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood at this time. Uh, Danny DeVito, David Strathairn, uh, who else is in this? That girl, uh, Amber Smith that was on Celebrity Rehab that was in the funeral and, uh, really stunning redhead, Danny DeVito. I already said Danny DeVito. But anyway, I like this movie a lot. It's really a hardcore uh, film noir. Would this be considered a neo-noir? I don't know the difference. I'm not going to pretend. The closing credits include footage of William Boyd as his character, Hopalong Cassidy, on horseback at a parade. Visual effects make it appear as if he's marching just in front of the cast of the film's fictional police Uh, show badge of honor. Anyway, I really like this movie. I'm glad I took some time off from it, because I had seen it so many times, but it still holds up. Love the characters. I know Kevin Spacey's a freaking piece of sheet uh, in real life, Um, but uh, Jack Vincennes, the character he plays in this, I really liked all all three of them. Uh, Bud White, who is Russell Crowe, who has a temper, especially when it comes to men who... Uh, lay their hands on women in a violent way. And G. Pierce as Edmund Exley. I like when his captain tells him that uh, to lose the glasses nobody wears them. Like it's like a big thing. If you wear glasses nobody will take you seriously. (laughs) I watched uh, 2017's The Shape of Water. This was another one that uh, was up for the Oscar. And I believe it even won. um, Did what's his face when uh i think he won for, uh, guillermo del toro who i love uh i think won best for best director and i think this movie won for best picture hour uh the stars sally hawkins octavia spencer michael shannon and abe sapien anyway uh, doug jones why do I keep doing that I think I'm getting tired and this show this show is just dragging on it isn't even an hour long and I'm fading um, I thought this was excellent from top to bottom and it covers if you think about it it actually covers several different genres of movies including musical and uh, uh, old school monster movie a love story uh, maybe a little i don't know if i would say noir or not noir i don't know if i'd say that or not but man that sally hawkins uh she's uh she surprised me with her um i don't know uh, i don't know what i shouldn't say uh but i know i think that i had heard that this movie was really pissing off uh some right wingers because you know well they, they're just so stupid It's kind of a... It's like a Beauty and the Beast kind of a story. I really liked it. I thought it had some really nice things in it. Really sweet, nice uh, things in it. Michael Shannon is excellent in this. That motherfucker was fantastic in this. (laughs) He's a fucking freak. (laughs) He was good, man. He was a bastard, man. He was a mean old mother... uh, Whatever. Anyway, I don't want to give anything away. Um, This one is funny because... I'm trying to... I watched this. I was on a Lee J. Cobb uh movie kind of a deal watching Lee Jacob and um as I was watching it I st- or as I was um I was watching them back to back to back on my night off and I was thinking okay what the fuck was this movie about? I remember the uh, Dick Powell was in it and Lee Jacob. You also had who were the ladies in this, but this was written and directed by Robert Rosen uh Rosson. Uh and the the funny thing is is the goddamn uh, synopsis at the top says high class crook gets in trouble with the law well yeah you know, that uh, you know maybe that's why i can't remember too much about it cuz it, it was it was uh, let's see new york gambling house operator johnny o'clock now isn't that funny like they have like a name like johnny o'clock johnny glass of peppermint tea um is junior partner to a posh casino uh with guido marchetti's not Marchetti, Marchettis, and Chuck Bladen at Kukuk. I might have fell asleep while I was watching this. Maybe that's why I can't remember what the fuck. Okay. Jesus Christ, seriously, I might have fallen asleep watching this. Maybe that's why I don't fucking remember it. You play very cute and nasty. Johnny O'Clock. What a dumb name. Anyway, I might have to go back and watch this because I, I don't know if I finished it. Because like I said, I it was on my day off and I might have fucking... I don't remember that one at all. Uh, this one I do remember. This is called The Man Who Cheated Himself from 1950. Uh, written by Felix E. Feist. Uh, uh, or I mean, directed by Felix E. Feist and written by Seton I. Miller. If that sounds like some kind of name that somebody made up that was blacklisted... Anyway, this stars Lee J. Cobb, Jane Wyatt, and John Dahl. Um, I like this one because, first of all, Lee J. Cobb was good even back when he was young. And I don't know if he was ever young. Um, But he plays a cop. He's like a, not an upper echelon, but he's a lieutenant uh, and a a detective. And his brother, uh, played by John Dahl, is a cop, but he's kind of a newer cop on the on la force um this is one of those ones where a good man gets involved with a bad woman and love clouds his uh well love and the sperm that's like built up in him all the way up over top of his eyeballs clouds his judgment and um I thought it was pretty good. Um, I like the dynamic of the two brothers, and um, like I said, Lee J Cobb was just excellent. This is not a a, uh, like a really high budget movie or anything, but I thought it was uh, one. It's definitely worth checking out. It's another one that's on YouTube for free. Um, Goddamn man, you get a you get a chick can make you do fucking stupid shit. Let's just put it that way. Dig it. I just wanted to mention this, that uh it was like, uh, I think last week was the 50th anniversary of the original Planet of the Apes. I've talked about it on the show before and how much it influenced me when I was a little kid. Because the first time I saw it, you know, um, and the, when it first came out, the special effects, you know, you like special effects these days with CGI and all this stuff. Back then... um The makeup that they used for the apes you know the gorillas the chimps and the orangutan um was pretty fucking um groundbreaking and people were just like oh my god this is fucking amazing and and, you know it's a science fiction movie and um charlton heston and and just the storyline and of course that That fucking uh, classic ending with Chalnist and everything. This movie has so many classic lines, you know, like, get your filthy paws off me, you damn dirty ape, and all that shit. And uh, like I said, I could quote the ending, but there might be some people that haven't seen it. Um, This movie is one of those ones that, if I had to talk about movies that influenced me over the years, um, when I was a kid. We used to fucking play Planet of the Apes because of this fucking movie and Beneath the Planet of the Apes. We watched everything Planet of the Apes, including the TV show, all these movies um, from um, Planet of the Apes, Beneath Planet of the Apes, um, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, uh, War of the Planet of the Apes, and then, of course, watching the new ones. The Tim Burton one, I still... I watched it one time, and I'll be honest with you, I I can't tell you that much about it. Tim Roth was one of the dudes, the the chimp guy that could leap around and everything, and but it just didn't stick with me. I don't, I mean, it's not, and it's not because of Wahlberg. I don't like him that much, but um, anyway, Planet of the Apes fiftieth anniversary. That really makes me feel fucking old, dude. Z and dudettes. Uh, uh, let's see. I went to see Black Panther. Um... I could not wait to go see this, but I did because I didn't want to sit in the crowd. <laughs> this was, uh, directed by Ryan Coogler and, uh, written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole, starring Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita, Nyong'o, uh, who else is it? La, 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 Angela Bassett, Forest Whitaker, Andy Sarkis, uh dee 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 doo dee doo. i liked him a lot as claw claw's a dick but man he had some charisma <laughs> but okay people here's the deal i thought this looked excellent it looked excellent i thought it was a very good movie um i enjoyed it but still not as good as winter soldier um I do like the storyline and how, but like some people were like, uh, and, and one of the things I liked was that the villain <laughs> in this Killmonger, um, they did go in, t- in depth into his backstory and why he was the way he was. But, that said, and you can look at it and say, you know, in retrospect, uh, like when you talk about the X-Men, and they say, okay, well, you know, Professor X was, you know, his outlook was more Martin Luther King Jr. and Magneto's was more a any means necessary Malcolm X kind of a, a thing. Sort of have that in this... And you know, and I know people were like you know michael b jordan they they thought he and he was actually he was really good in this uh he has charisma and he's got a really good look um but killmonger's a fucking piece of shit i don't give a, i don't give a shit <laughs> you know I do wish eh, I don't want to say that because that's a spoiler of something that happened in the end um but you have to keep in mind, okay, Michael B. Jordan and all. Or I'm not. I'm sorry, Killmonger. Um, first of all, Killmonger in the comics was a dick, and in this, he's still a fucking dick because you have to keep in mind, like at the beginning. I mean, he's he and his little crew and stuff. They're killing innocent people like nothing. So I don't give a fuck what you had to go through. Fuck him, piece of shit. I'm glad t'challa was there to uh whatever i like i said i don't want to give anything away that's it's tough talking about that one because it's new and people might not have seen it i watched uh 2006 so anyway but black panther another thing i wanted to mention is uh i found on youtube uh there was a um an animated black panther series from 2010 which I think was created or definitely broadcast on BET, Black Entertainment Television. And, um, it was created by Reginald Hoodlin and, uh, stars, uh, as, uh, T'Challa, uh, Digimon Hounsou, who's been in a million movies, but I can't pronounce his name, Jill Scott and Carl Lumbly, um, who else do we have in this? I'm not going to... Uh, I guess, okay, Alfre Wood Woodard, uh, Kerry Washington, uh, Peter Lurie as the juggernaut, as in I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Uh, see if anybody else in there. Claw was Stephen Stratton. Uh, Wolverine's in this, um, played by Kevin Michael Richardson. Uh, so, I mean, it's... it's uh, and Storm uh, is portrayed by Joel Scott, Storm of the X-Men. Uh, so it's got like several different characters in this Uh, Bat Rock the Leaper by J.B. Blanc so there's a lot of different other uh, Marvel characters in this I haven't got a chance to watch it I watched the first maybe 10 minutes of the first episode and it looks pretty good it's violent Uh, but I want to check it that's something that you guys might want to check out it's free on they're free on on YouTube but like I said now there's several clips it'll say like uh, episode 1 but it'll only be 10 minutes long episode 2 only 10 minutes long the, the the show, each episode, I think, was uh, a 30-minute episode, but with commercials taken out, uh, like, 20 minutes. So make sure you watch the 20-minute the uh, deal so you get the whole deal. Dig it? Looked pretty good. And um, I watched 2017's Lady Bird, written and directed by Greta Gerwig, starring uh, Sorsha Ronan, Lori Metcalf, and Tracy Letts. Um, this is another one. I like Greta Gerwig. I liked her in Frances Ha and a couple other things. I like her little quirkiness and everything. I think she's pretty funny. Um, and but this is one that I think that I it got s- such a build up that when I eventually saw it, I wasn't blown away by it. I thought it was really good, but it wasn't like oh my god, this is the greatest fucking movie. Laurie Metcalf is good, and I do like the the dynamic between her and Ladybird uh, that's Ladybird's mother Lori Metcalf and Sh- Sorsha uh, Ronan is Ladybird um, but I thought it was pretty good uh, it was it was good you know but like I said I, I I wouldn't like give it like a ten or anything like that or uh, or even you know like a seven and a half. Uh, I'm not even sure if I could go up to an eight um but I thought it was good it's fun it's got some funny stuff in it and of course um you have the whole uh high school and you know growing up high school uh, all the stuff you go through um and and of course this is from a girl's perspective and you know I'm a dude so <laughs> but you know the 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 guy that likes you uh or the and then the guy that you actually like the mother and uh telling bullshit stories because you want to you know kind of create your own uh your own uh, legend or your own storyline and then people are like wait a minute you don't live here you live somewhere else um and then your best friend who uh, would do anything for you and you know then you want to be in the cool clique and blah 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 but I thought it was good like I said it was one of those ones I wouldn't say I was disappointed I was a little disappointed because I thought it would be you know I heard so much about it and it was up for Oscars and stuff and I thought oh my god this is gonna be great and it was good not great um watched uh finish the fighting season this was a documentary series uh from 2015 that was on um it's, it is actually on Netflix. Um, Dave Mack turned me on to this. And this is a... It takes place um, during the time when the United States is getting ready to pull out uh, of Afghanistan. And they... Uh, the the troops... You have two different uh, factions. You have the... Um, of course, they're all military. But you have the one faction that is the soldiers in the field. And then you have the other faction of the military that are the, the police... That are trying, they're they're having the first um, uh, free election in Afghanistan, so that they can determine their own fate. And the Taliban is uh, hell bent to disrupt the election with uh, bombs, E EIDs, car bombs, uh, mines, and stuff. And then the guys are out in the field at the same time. Uh, you know, the 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 one military that are the policemen are in the town trying to keep it safe working with the Afghanistan military and the police uh, with all these roadblocks checking all these cars and you know it's scary because you never know a car pull up and it just explode, uh, and car bombs just can do a lot of damage or somebody with a burka on that has a suicide vest and then the guys out in the field and you know they'll be taking fire and um, most of the contact the, the violence uh, as far as firefights and combat like that, the the people that are shooting back and forth at each other are a pretty good distance away. Uh, like when you when you, you, you're with the cameraman, uh, and I think this was produced by Ricky Schroeder so he went from Ricky when he was a boy and then when he wanted to try and break out and be more of an adult, he changed his name to Rick Schroeder. Well now he's back to being Ricky. I guess he just figured who gives a fuck. He's probably fifty years old now, anyway. Um, But you can't the 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 cameraman that's there with the troops in the field from their perspective. um, You know, they'll say, "Oh, they were taking fire from this tree line over here," and it's so far away that you can't fucking see. I mean, the guys are just trying to see a muzzle flash or something from a great distance. And they're shooting back and forth and stuff like that. I thought this was pretty good. I thought, you know, at first when Dave was recommending it, I was kind of like, okay, I don't know if I'll maybe be kind of burnt out on this topic because, of course, it's going on at the same time, and we live through it. But not only that, you had like um, Restrepo and uh, what was the one about like the Dutch military? Um, Well, I think there's one called Hyena... And then there was one, um, there are several on Netflix right now that are uh, either dramas or documentaries about the same thing, whether it's in Iraq or Afghanistan. Um, But anyway, I thought this was pretty good. And um, I didn't get the feeling of like propaganda. Um, Of course, you're only getting the one side of the story. But it wasn't like, you know, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, for the most part, the story of them trying to secure this so they can actually have elections and stuff was, it wasn't like, you know, let's go out and kill everybody. It was kind of like, let's help these people help themselves. So that's kind of a good story. Uh, but I did finish that one. Uh, it's, it's not long. And it said that, uh, I don't know if they were thinking about making another one or, or another, um, uh, you know, continuing sh- shooting footage to do another uh, So Many Weeks or something. I don't know. Uh next thing I watched was um, 1969's The April Fool's. And this is directed by Stuart Rosenberg and uh written by Hal Dress Dresner, stars Jack Lemon Jack Lemon, <laughs> Catherine Deneuve and Peter Lawford. Who else is in this? D-d-d-d. Charles Boyer, Harvey Corman, Sally Kellerman. Um eh. I can't really recommend this one, to be honest with you. Uh it has it's a comedy but it doesn't really hit for me and it's like one of those ones that's full of like hijinks uh it's kind of stupid uh stupid comedy that I really just didn't go didn't really like uh of course I like Catherine Deneuve I love that fucking thick ass blonde hair um yeah Belle du Jour I think she her hair is like jesus i mean you know makes you believe in god or something i don't know how to put it that yeah 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 but that movie wasn't very good at all and i do not recommend it it is free on youtube but like i said you know watch it if you want um if you're a comple- jack lemon completist or a harvey corbin completist but uh yeah i didn't really think it was that it's when when it, uh, when a movie's a comedy and it's not making you laugh and you're just kind of like Neh. Uh this is stupid. Yeah, that's uh, when it misses uh, then it's it's missing hard. Uh let's see. What else is going on here? I didn't watch that. <laughs> I watched six days, uh from twenty seventeen. This is a movie directed by Tal Fraser. Uh, written by Glenn Stonring starring Jamie Bell, Mark Strong, Abby Cornish that's another Abby Cornish movie that I've seen Um, this is um, the movie that um, god damn what the hell was the name of that son of a bitch it's on the tip of my tongue the, okay, I will just tell you what this is about and you'll know what movie I'm talking about. Um, the um, uh, terrorist storm and take over the embassy in, uh, let's see, the Iranian embassy in Prince Princess Gate, London. And, of course, then um, they call in the SAS and there was a movie about that. God damn it. And I'm gonna look it up now because I can even picture the box. I can picture the story, the 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 people that were in it, and everything. And I cannot think of what it is. Final, the final, not countdown. The final, final something. Google, just Google it, dickhead. (laughs) Final, Operation Nimrod was the other name for it but what the hell was the goddamn final something (laughs) god you son of a bitch okay let me just look on wiki that probably have it down at the bottom it when uh let's see in popular culture who dares wins okay that must have been operation nimrod that was the one that was um La, 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 la Lewis Collins, yes, and Richard Woodmark, and blah 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 blah. Uh, in that movie, um, Lewis, they kind of uh, add a little bit of drama, almost like a little James Bondish sort of a thing, where Lewis Collins uh, has infiltrated that group, and uh, it's that's based on the I think Ken Follett. Uh, yeah, let's see. This was then. Turned into a novel by uh, James Follett. I thought it was Ken, James Follett. Uh, the Tiptoe Boys. Uh, so anyway. Um, in that story. Lewis Collins' character has. He's an SAS man. But uh, they set up this elaborate thing. Where he gets kicked out for being a dickhead. And then because of his expertise. The, he gets recruited by the terrorist. And um in this movie, I I get the feeling that this one was a little bit more true to the actual story. I'm I'm pretty sure 100%. Uh, Mark Strong adds another dynamic to it because he is uh, the hostage negotiator who is dealing with the terrorists, and he is of the frame of mind that he wants to negotiate with them and get everybody out, including the terrorists, without anybody getting. Injured or hurt, and definitely no hostages or whatever. Now, then the SAS is called in, uh, which is, uh, well, Jamie Bell at the uh, beginning of it uh, is one of the guys on the SAS team, but he's a younger guy, and he's kind of a, I don't know if I would say a little bit of a hothead or whatever, but they eventually uh, decide that he's got the right stuff or whatever, and they say, you know, okay, we're going to we're going to uh it's your show uh what should we do and how should we do this and everything i thought this was really good i saw the um i think the trailer for it and um as soon as i saw the trailer i I was like man okay i know the story because it actually the the tv cameras and everything were there and when the sas guys come in all they're all in black with the gas mask and everything and they repel outside the um the embassy and do their thing that was a a, you know a famous thing that happened at that time and and then if you've seen those you know the other movie um it's that even made it more famous um but this one i think again i think was a little bit more uh realistic and went bam 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 by how the story went but i thought it was really good and this is one that um uh didn't get didn't get a lot of press or publicity publicity and i don't remember hardly that many people talking about it even now and like i said i even kind of got on there and said hey i thought this was really good and let's see in april 1980 armed gunmen stormed the iranian embassy in princess gate london and took all inside hostage over the next six days tense standoff took place yeah um I really liked it, and I I liked uh, the S.A.S. kind of a deal that was going on there, which I don't know why I would say, you know, I I think this would be like kind of a companion piece for uh, the movie Killer Elite, which had a lot to do with the S.A.S. um, um, in a different way, but you could kind of throw these two together with a tenuous link of the... uh, boathouse at hereford <laughs> hereford whatever okay i watched uh 1962's jigsaw uh directed by val guest uh, and written by hillary wow w-a-u-g-h hillary wow uh that was the novel and screenplay was by val guest who directed it uh this stars jack warner ronald lewis and yolanda donlan Um, I thought this one was really good. This is another uh, black and white one from 1962. British movie um, that... um, Again, this one really isn't a noir. It would be closer to a Jolly, but they don't really show... Like in a gialli, they show like the penetration of the knife and the gloves and stuff like that. It's not like that, but the story, you could see where they could easily take this and make a gialli out of it. Uh, a woman is found murdered in a house, and it's pretty fucking uh, gruesome. They don't show anything, but you know what happens there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. I'll see. And basically, the, these uh, detectives are trying to figure out what's what happened, and there's some different things thrown at you or thrown at them. Uh, and again, it's it's a detective movie, but for 1962, it almost kind of reminds me of that Alfred Hitchcock movie Frenzy, where you're dealing in Frenzy, you're dealing with like a serial rapist, and you know, uh, uh, it's got some hard, um content even though you really don't see the stuff that happens but even the storyline and you know um the people aren't glossed they're not glossed over uh by what kind of people they are and some of them are not are uh live uh kind of uh, I hate to judge people or anything but uh You know, uh, just kind of like adult situ- it's There's adult situations in this. But I thought this one was really good. So this is one to check out on YouTube for free. Jigsaw from 1962. Uh, I watched The Police Connection, or a.k.a. The Mad Bomber. Uh, this is one that I'm not sure that I talked about on the last show, because I can't remember the last time we did the show. And from looking on Facebook, it seems like this it was cut off from the the last show i posted and then this was after it so i'm going to say something about it anyway uh i knew this as the mad bomber this is actually on youtube and it stars chuck connors this is when i was on my chuck connors run there um directed by bert i gordon and written by bert i gordon stars vince edwards chuck connors and neville brand they're the main people in it When you first start watching this, or when I first started watching it, I thought, oh, shit, okay, you know, I don't give a fuck if it's a made-for-TV movie, Uh, but you kind of know what to expect when it is a made-for-TV movie. This was not a made-for-TV movie. It, when I started watching it, I thought it still thought it was, but then when the nudity kicks in and all the goddamn fucking violence, and this is a sleazy fucking movie. I had never heard of it, but maybe, like I said, it's, it goes by also the police connection. Chuck Connors is really good in this. He is a fucking weirdo. He is. He is as big as he is. He's like as big as giant Baba. Um, He plays this guy that. um, And what's sad is, now that I'm saying this, there were just a couple of bombs, like package bombs, that went off, like down in Texas, I think, yesterday. Uh, People, the package delivered to their house and they pick it up and it blows up. And that's kind of like what this deal is. Uh, He. Feels that he has um, a bone to pick I'll just read the synopsis Los Angeles Los Angeles detectives Minnelli and Blake must track down a serial rapist who may know the identity of a mentally disturbed bomber so that's kind of a strange dynamic there too you have this rapist who's going around you know like, well, I was going to say like Ted Bundy, but Ted, well, Ted Bundy didn't kill all his victims. But, uh, you know, it's a uh, guy going around raping women, you know, like uh, uh, just attacking them and violently raping them. And then you had this other asshole going around fucking blowing fucking shit up uh, with a bone to pick that's blowing shit up. And they there is a connection and then the cops have to kind of figure all this out, and goddamn, I don't want to tell you too much about it because I thought it was really good. It only rates a five point five on uh, IMDb, but for sheer sleaziness and for Chuck Connors being a goddamn fucking weirdo and Neville Brand, uh, I thought it was pretty good. I recommend this one a lot. So get on YouTube and uh, watch. Uh, The Police Connection or The Mad Bomber from 1973. Uh, You will not regret it. Uh, As they say on the other group, that movie was so GGTMC. And it was. That's one that they should fucking. I don't know if they've covered it or not, but they should. (laughs) Or maybe we should. We have a podcast. What the fuck am I talking about? I'm covering it right now. (laughs) I watched uh, 1976's The Cassandra Crossing. Uh Passengers on a European train Have been exposed to a deadly disease Nobody will tell them Nobody will let them Nobody will let them off the train So what happens next? I don't know uh, This was directed by George P. Cosmatos Hang on one second Froggy is back in the in la throat All-star cast here, people Sophia Loren Richard Hamas. Martin Sheen, uh Orenthal James Simpson. Let's see, Lionel Stander, Ann Turkle, Ingrid Thulen, I know who she is. Lee Strasberg, Ava Gardner again. She's uh, older in this one but still beautiful. Uh Bert Lancaster, but Lancaster. Yes, uh, John Philip Law. Of course, he's awesome, as usual, a piece of wood. Ray Lovelock. I mean this movie has a fucking whole shitload of people in it. Hmm. Wait a minute, I got my lips need moistened (laughs) um this was the one that um they when they used to show the commercial uh for the trailer on regular tv it just it was really kind of eerie and again i can't remember if i talked about this one on the last show but it almost had a feeling that you get from the the movie the crazies where uh the faceless military or government uh, guys that are in the hazmat suits with the gas mask so you never see their faces or anything and the, they're uh, they all so menacing and so, uh, you know, they got machine guns and shit and um, this disease or virus, it kind of reminds me of um, The Stand uh, the Stephen King uh, novel and uh, miniseries where um, if this virus gets out um that's on this train, and I won't tell you how it gets on there or anything. It's pretty good setup. Um, it could cause like a worldwide pandemic or whatever. Uh, so the government's doing everything they can to keep the people on the train and to figure out a way to deal with it. And Lancaster is um, uh, a general that is in charge of the whole operation of what to do. And then you got OJ on there, which adds like a a fucking. I don't know what it adds. But <laughs> Richard Harris is good. Martin Sheen is really good in this. Uh, and uh, there's kind of like a... Um, oh, I shouldn't say a triangle because Ingrid Thulin is... Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, it's one. It kind of reminds me of one of those disaster uh, movies from the 70s, like Earthquake, or Poseidon Adventure, or Towering Inferno, sort of like that. I mean, because you do have the disaster thing, the imminent disaster, but you also have that, um, like I said, like um, breakout or um, some of those other movies that that involve uh, a disease that could cause the you know catastrophic d- death so it's pretty good I want to say a paranoid kind of a movie it sort of has that feel uh, because like I said it's the government the government uh, is uh, are they good are they bad You know. Um, let's see I watched Hot Rod Girl from 1956 uh, this also stars Chuck Connors um, this is not very good uh it is definitely a b movie it's not very long Uh, well about an hour and 20 minutes if that it's on youtube for free um chuck connors is a cop in this and he likes i think he likes uh race cars like drag cars and stuff if you think of like american graffiti with uh um the characters in Harrison Ford and uh, then the other character and them getting together and drag racing their cars. Uh, John, was it Milner? Yeah, in, the, in the, the character in American Graffiti. And Chuck Connors, you know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on uh, with these illegal uh, street races and stuff like that in the middle of the night. So he says, you know, why don't we try and help these kids and teach them to do things the right way and if they like cars and everything we'll encourage them to work on their cars and we'll even encourage them to race their cars but do it safely and they um have like a racetrack, like a drag race strip, uh and they'll have the races like every say every Saturday uh, and you can go down there and race your car. You're not on the streets. Uh, no chance of hitting uh, somebody walking across the streets or whatever. And it's just, uh, like I said, it's a lot safer. It's really, like I said, uh, uh, and if I say like I said one more time, um, A, definitely a B movie. It's not as bad as like, um, let's see, the fucking marijuana movies. Like just, you know, uh what the hell were the, the one goddamn about smoking weed and if you smoke weed you turn into a goddamn lunatic the hell was that called <laughs> i can't remember it i'm getting tired of this shit <laughs> anyway uh you'll see frank gorshin in this and he kind of hams it up and does some comedy things and you know uh he's a, one of the young kids that hangs out at the at the uh, cafe and everything. This one just like I said just isn't really that good. Um if you are interested in watching these old B movies, which some people are, that's the genre they like cuz some of them are pretty it's got some funny stuff in it though it's not trying to be funny. Uh it it's worth a watch that way and if you're like I said like if you, I was well, like watching a, a bunch of Chuck Connors movies so it's not very good. <laughs> Um, we'll see. Okay. This one was pretty good. Um, death in small doses from 1957. Uh, again, this is kind of a low budget movie. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, directed by Joseph M Newman and written by Arthur L Davis. Uh, it's, I guess he wrote an article about, uh, truck drivers and them using, uh, basically it was methamphetamine, um, Benny's, um, and to stay awake when they go on these, uh, over the road, uh, uh, driving these, you know, big rigs and stuff, trucks, uh, so they can make it to a place on time. Uh, you know, a lot of these truck drivers, they would, the, the company would say you have to be from here to here in a certain amount of time. Yeah. And, uh, the guys, you know, wouldn't have a chance to get very much sleep. And, you know, when you're driving, you start dozing off. So a lot of these truck drivers would start using, uh, or like I said, or some kind of amphetamine to stay awake and then they get hooked on it. Uh, One of the reasons I wanted to watch this was it stars Peter Graves, who uh, was Jim Phelps on Mission Impossible and also the brother of uh, Matt Dillon from Gunsmoke. The real life brother of Whatever the fuck his name is, James Arness, uh, and Chuck Connors is in this. Uh, so uh, I kind of thought, was that Chuck Connors and Peter Graves? This should be pretty good. Uh, it was. I like this one a lot. Uh, Chuck Connors kind of really hams it up. He's a fucking tweaker in this, tr- a tweaker truck driver. Uh, this one is definitely worth a watch. Uh, it's not great, but it's it's uh, um, it's got a good story. And like I said, for a low budget movie, it is above average. I thought it, I enjoyed it. Dig it. <laughs> Uh, Florida Project from 2017. Uh, written and directed by Sean Baker. And also one of the co-writers was Chris Burgosch. Uh This stars Brooklyn Prince. Bria Vignate. And Willem Dafoe is probably the only person you'll know in it. Uh, I really like this one. Um, I watched some interviews with Willem Dafoe talking about making this. Uh, they actually shot it at, at a uh, kind of a shitty... Motel near Disney World in Florida, and um, they used a lot of uh, uh, the locals there to play extras. And if you watch this, I mean, fuck half the people in it, with the exception of William William, with the which I guess is his real name. Uh, he they cha- he changed it to Willem because his brother uh, I think had a speech impediment, and when he would say William, he would say Willem. Um, but anyway. With the exception of Willem Defoe in this, uh, you could have told me that everybody in this was just somebody that was hanging around at that lived in the hotel or hung around there. Uh, th- and, and in a way, that's how good it is. It um, I thought Dafoe was excellent in this, um, but the little girl and the mother um, that uh, Brooklyn Prince and... Um, I guess uh, what's the little girl's name? Shit, uh, I can't. Yeah, you know, I don't fucking. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, um, he was talking in the interviews about uh, acting and working with these little kids and how they got them to do what they did, and they would just tell them, say, "Hey, you know, here's what you're supposed to be doing." And then there was a lot of times where the kids were just being kids, and they just shot the footage. Uh, which was pretty cool because, you know, you're watching this and you are like, you know, hey, these are just kids being kids. Kids everywhere are are the same. You know, they're ornery and getting into stuff. And, you know, I remember being just like this. Um, but there's also a, a, a sadness uh, to this movie uh, big time. And there were some things in this where it just really crushes you. um if you have any kind of empathy in your in your body and you watch this, you have to feel sorry for definitely the little kids because number one, it just reminds me like when you're poor uh or you know your parents are maybe not such good parents, you don't realize it. you think that this is just life, this is how life is. Uh you're just a little kid. You're experiencing all this stuff for the first time. You think your mother or your father or whoever that's how everybody is and you love your you love your mom and you love your dad or whoever um no matter what cuz they're your they're your parents and you don't know if they're good parents or bad parents or uh and from the little kid's perspective it's heartbreaking but also it makes you smile just seeing them play and how they how they live and the joy they get even though they're living in this crummy motel and their parents might not be the best parents in the world and their life at at, uh for their parents and for themselves might not be the best they can find fun and happiness in just hanging out with other little kids and doing like like i said little ornery shit and running around just having a good time um and i just really like this i thought it was really good um I can't imagine the movie cost very much money at all to make. Probably most of it went to Willem Dafoe. But like I said, he was really good at it. And I really like he, he, uh, well, it says the budget was 2 million and that's not that much these days. Um, He's one, Willem Dafoe is one of those guys, like I was going to say like Viggo Mortensen. When you watch interviews with them, both of them, uh, you're, you know, for me, I'm just speaking for myself. I was going to say, you know, it's just the way i feel they just seem like really cool guys that have it together that um are compassionate people and also intelligent people and uh both of them take really good projects uh i recommend this one definitely florida the florida project 2017 we may be getting down to the nitty gritty. I've been watching uh, the new season of Jessica Jones. Again, I really like the first season. Um, this, even though it is a superhero-based uh, series, if you don't, you know, you sh- don't watch this thinking you're going to watch the Avengers or Captain America or whatever. The, for the most part, this movie is more of a detective kind of a, a kind of a show. And there's not a lot of the superhero stuff in it like every episode might have a little bit of something you know where she you know shows off her powers a little bit, but that's not her thing. She uses it as like a tool but um I just like her surliness and her bad attitude uh I think that again I will say it uh her uh red lips mm. Uh, anyway, I just, I love, uh, what's her name? Kristen Ritter. Now, what's funny is in this show, well, like I said, she has such a, a, a bad attitude and everything that I love that. But then when I see her on a talk show, her personality is totally different. And then I'm kind of like, she's more bubbly and, and funny, but it's, it kind of takes something away from it. Anyway, um, Let's see, I think I wrote a couple things down here. but um, I, This wasn't going to be a long show to start with. Like I said, I uh, this isn't my day off, and I just thought I'd jump on while I had some time. Uh, of the things that I have been... Uh, well, okay, let's see. Um, hang on one second. I wanted to announce something here. Okay, we have... Coming up, dee 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 dee, Horneheld weekend. Uh, coming up. Let's see here. This is in uh, Cincinnati, or it's sh- the Sharonville Convention Center, which is Sharonville is just like uh, I guess it's actually considered Cincinnati, but to me it's it's just like a little. It seems like it's a little suburb of Cincinnati, but actually I think it is. You know, just a part of Cincinnati. Uh, Horror Hound Weekend, March twenty third through the twenty fifth. Um, from what I understand, uh, Mister Mike Ensley from uh, Pensacon, uh, the the founder, creator, and uh, all seeing, all knowing eye of Pensacon, is going to be at Horror Hound Weekend, March twenty third through the twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen, in Sher- the Sharonville Convention Center uh in Cincinnati, and uh you can get on their webpage at uh dot com um this is uh, i could just fucking shit because Mike and I have been friends online since probably I got involved with uh gentleman's Guide to midnight cinema and we've been friends ever since, and that's i don't know how many years ago, but uh he is going to be in fucking uh Cincinnati and I have already planned a week vacation at that time and I'm going out of town so I can't be there. Um so if you do plan on going, um, hopefully from our like G G T M C uh Sylvan Gold kinda gang, feminine critique critique and everybody, if you plan on going, look uh, him up. He's going to be getting I think an award for uh they're they're doing a thing of, of, uh of horror uh movie hosts. And he is a horror movie host, uh was and is, and also the uh founder and uh Grand Poobah of Pensacon and I'm sure that he would love to uh to uh meet everybody and hang out. Uh so if you do get a chance to see him uh and hang out with him and uh I'm sure you'll have a good time. Uh, let's see. And uh, this is one that I have never been to, but the Philadelphia Comic Con is coming up April 27th through the 29th, and it looked like they were going to have some pretty good guests too. Uh, Horror Hound. Let me look here real quick and let's see what's going on here. It seems like this uh, year, uh, uh, and it just kills me because I, I, the only reason, the place that I stay at at the beach sent me a thing about this these condos that I stay in, and they had... they the price was discounted like big time. And I was like, holy fuck, you know, that's about like $500 less than what we usually pay. And they're going to be doing some kind of, um, uh, work on the outside of the building. And the woman even told me, she goes, uh, that side of the building is scheduled to be, have work done on it. Uh, but I don't know. I can't say if it's going to be a yes or no, if they're going to be working on like, um, the um, the terrace or whatever outside of our condo but I, I was like okay well when we're going it's uh, going to be a lot more mild weather and for the most part during the day if it's nice out uh, we're either going to be down on the beach or out running around. So they can be doing just about anything anyway outside and it probably wouldn't bother us. So I went ahead and made plans and then, of course, then this stuff. And like I said, this Horror Hound, you've got um, Henry Rollins is going to be there. They're going to have like a uh, an evening with Henry Rollins where he's going to do his spoken word stuff, which never they've never had before and I would like to see that. Ron Perlman's going to be there and I love Hellboy uh, and, you know, shit. Just a... a Pacific Rim, Cronus, uh, Blade Two, Sons of Anarchy, all the shit that he's been in. Ron Perlman w- would be an excellent person to be able to see from um, uh, Stranger Things, the little kid with the <laughs> with the teeth and everything. Uh, Gatton, Matar- Matarazzo, uh, that would be pretty cool uh, from The Walking Dead. Kare Peyton. Walter Goggins is going to be there from Hateful Eight and Justified, Sons of Anarchy, The Shield, House of a Thousand Corpses, Tommy Flanagan from Sons of Anarchy, Michael Rooker, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, Walking Dead, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's at almost all of these, and he's a pretty fucking awesome dude. Justin got uh, saw him at the uh, breakfast buffet one morning. Um, let's see. Brad Dourif is going to be there. Henry Thomas... Who else we got here? C. Thomas Howell, David Arquette, Barbara Hershey's gonna be there, Julie Benz, James Remar's gonna be there, Joe Pantillion Pantoliano, uh the um the uh horror twins, Jen and Sylvia Saska from um let's see, what the goddamn fucking Quentin Tarantino movies, uh the two twin girls that were in um oh shit, um uh, well, not uh, not uh, the goddamn Kurt Russell one, but the other one. Um, Death Proof, and... The other one. <laughs> I can't Scott Wilson's he's at these a lot, and what a fucking actor he is. Uh, let's see, who else we got here? Bunch of people from Sons of Anarchy and Walking Dead. Uh, Chris Sullivan, who plays... Um, What's you going call it? Uh, Laser Face in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Was also in Stranger Things. Uh, a bunch of shit Uh, let's see Uh, what's his name Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes this is uh, Kirk Acavido he's in a bunch of stuff I've seen him fucking before I don't like him Daniel Harris is going to be there and she is very cute and very petite Sting from WCW is going to be there who else we got here I'm just looking for people that I know there's a lot of people that you guys that I'm going past here that I know you guys will know because you watch a lot more horror than I do uh Lloyd Kaufman and uh let's see. And uh I mean it's just gonna be a good time. And like I said, I wish I could go, but it's it's just not meant to be this year. Uh so maybe I might be oh uh Diamond Dallas Page was supposed to be there, but he cancelled due to filming. Uh but anyway, um so they probably got Sting instead, which is cool. Um, And like I said, that um, one in Philadelphia, the only, uh, I saw a few people that were going to be there. The one that stood out uh, uh, this morning when I looked at it was Michael Bean uh, from Tombstone and uh, The Abyss and fucking uh, Aliens. You know, you know him. Um, Let's see. And, of course, they're going to have a a film um, festival there where you can go and watch some uh, new movies, independent movies, stuff like that. Uh it on that page they have the autograph prices. They they're gonna have Q and A's there. I'm sure like maybe like Ron Perlman or somebody like that, different people like that, they're gonna have Q and A's for it, which they do every year. Uh Whorehound's a good time, and like I said, if I'd have known Mr. Ensley was gonna be there, I would have fucking been there. And so it just kind of breaks my heart because uh, you know, he does do Pensacon every year and I I'm you know, one of these days I'm gonna, that's the only thing, you know, everything that I go to is within driving distance like just maybe within like four or five hours uh, and that's a long way and I would have to fly. <laughs> uh, so anyway but I will possibly eh, get down to pensacon because it's a great show every year they have a ton of people that that are there he books so many guests and it's just gotten huge and a guest from every type of movie genre wrestling uh just about anything you can think of and a lot of cosplay and stuff like that that's fun um but anyway i just wanted to mention those two things um uh, and I'm going to get off here. I did have some comics that I was, you know, been reading. Uh I watched Suicide Squad again uh last night and I've been reading uh, of course the new Suicide Squad which that's one of my favorite comics going right now. And then I got online and I found uh on the DC um uh, app. Uh you can get on there and they have Back issues. They have the graphic novels and the trade paperbacks and and uh, single issues of all these DC comics, and uh, uh, you can get them and you know just pay through your iTunes. It'll just come up when you pay you know from uh, um, you know with your iTunes store. Um, I found a compilation of I don't know how many issues of the first uh suicide squad of the dc new 52 and it was like 157 pages so i don't know how many issues that was uh and i had not read any of those i just had gotten on wikipedia and read about suicide squad so i wanted to check that out and i thought it was really good i i enjoyed it uh and um they have the second one of those it was like 11 dollars. and um uh then they have the second one of those um of this uh DC New 52 Suicide Squad. Uh, it's got some different characters in it. The one that I'm reading now, they pretty much stick to the to the um the same characters on the team um like um Harley Quinn, Deadshot, um Killer Croc, uh El Diablo, Enchantress and Rick Flag, the ones that are in the movie. But in this one, you have the, the core people. Instead of having Killer Croc, they have um, King Shark. And you still have Deadshot, Harley Quinn. And then, for the most part, like I said, the uh, King Shark replaces Killer Croc in that one. Sort of the same, you know, the big, big scary guy on the team. Uh, but then the other people are just kind of in and out. Um. And they add people and they get killed. Or each time they go out, uh, you have Harley and and uh, Deadshot. But I'm not even sure going from now on. Uh, the, uh, I thought at one point Amanda Waller, uh, each time she sent people out on a mission, there were different villains. Uh, you might have had some that were the same here and there over different missions, but they would switch them up. And that was the whole point of it to kind of adjust it for whatever the mission was. So I'm curious to see where that goes new 52. I'm not sure how many years out that whole concept lasted, but like I said, uh, in that one, Amanda Waller is, they kind of changed up her character and she's really fit and, uh, involved and, and good looking. Uh, whereas in, um, in the movie and definitely in the comics uh well I think Pam Greer played her in in uh some of the DC TV shows and then in the um uh, some of the DC um Animated Amanda Waller's like really big. I mean, her nickname's the Wall, and she's this really big African American, heavy African American woman. She's a fucking badass, and of course Viola Davis plays her in the movie. And then when they switched back from New Fifty Two and went into the. the way that the DC universe is now, she's back to being more like a, the Viola Davis kind of character in the movie. But I enjoy that. I enjoyed the the new 52 one, and I enjoy the new one a lot. So, anyway, uh, what are we running on here now? Well, almost two hours, so 151. So I'm gonna get off here, and I, like I said, I just wanted to get out something out to Yun's guys, and uh, like I said, we have a kind of a special secret treat kind of a thing coming up. And uh, hopefully it'll all work out and you guys will get something special for your ear holes. Anyway, this is Dr. Zom. I'm going to get off here, take a drink, get this frog out of my throat and uh, Zom I will talk to you later, amigos. Adios!